Hello and welcome to the Spidey Dude Radio Network. I'm Zach Joyner, owner of the website that powers the podcast and executive producer of the Spidey Dude Radio Network. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome you to the Spectacular Spider-Man Sal Buscema Era Podcast, a podcast all about Sal's run on the Spectacular Spider-Man. Before I turn it over to our host, Chris, I wanted to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash Network. They help sponsor the show. Greg, Vinkman, Scott, Kaylee, and Phoenician, thank you all for your support. And if you want to get some more info, check it out at that aforementioned website at patreon.com slash network to get more perks, like getting some shows early. And we'll have more coming very, very soon. They'll get some exclusives very soon. Stay tuned for that. Finally, before I go, I want to encourage you to check out our other fine programs, Spidey Dude Experience, ASM Classics, Make Mine Mayday, Broken Rider Variety Hour, Clone Saga Chronicles, Spectacular Radio, and Voices from the Eerie, a Gargoyles podcast. Be sure to leave feedback on the respective feeds, give us a five-star review, and leave feedback at the email address at thatradiohorror at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to this exciting episode of the show, and now, here's Chris. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Sal Basama Era Podcast here on the Dorkening Network. I am your host, Dr. Chris, and joining me from Screen Rant is Drew. What's up, Drew? Hello there, everyone. Today we are talking about Spectacular Spider-Man issue 165, The Arranger Must Die, or Night and Fog. It's got two different titles depending on what you're looking at. And this is actually the first part of a three-part Spider-Man story that started last month with a prelude, but this is the three parts involving two new villains, Night and Fog, and we're going to get into the plot synopsis now. A thief known as Burnt Dome Flynn flees through the streets of London from two unknown assassins who happen to be Night and Fog. Night and Fog uh, suggest they need a new change in scenery, and they decide to take a job working for the Kingpin to assassinate Spider-Man. In the United States, in the United States excuse me, Spider-Man swinging across the Manhattan to the home of the Arranger when he comes to see the Kingpin's assassin after he left him a message of the Daily Bugle. The Arranger tells him that he thinks the Kingpin is arranging to have him killed because of how he fricked up during the Lobo War several issues earlier. Soon, Peter and Mary Jane are on their way over to Jameson's apartment. On the way up, Peter is fussing about his outfit, but, Peter, but Mary Jane tells him to stop complaining. They arrive. Jameson is acting very warm and greeting for them because he wants Jameson to. He wants Peter to come work for Jameson. But there's some tension between Joe and Peter, and things get heated when Peter tells Joe that he doesn't want a lecture from an ex-con. Meanwhile, back at the Arranger's home, the Arranger makes a number of phone calls in a desperate attempt to save his life. First, he calls Hammerhead and Chameleon, but that unfortunately doesn't help it when the Night and Fog duo show up. They kill the Arranger, and then Spider-Man confronts them when, after Peter leaves the uh, party for J. J. Jonah Jameson. Despite his best efforts to distract Peter, he fall, he fail, despite, Spider-Man is not able to defeat Night and Fog, but later the Kingpin watches the news reports about the Arranger's murder and thanks Night and Fog's employer that his men did a good job and promises to return, return the favor to them. Upon hearing about the Kingpin's conversation, Spider-Man learns that Night and Fog have traveled back to London and decides to pay them a visit to get back for the Arranger. We missed over the credits. The credits for this, by the way, were Jerry Conway in the writer, pencilers and inker is Sal Basema, colorist is Renee Whitsetter and Susan Del Orta, and letterer Rick Parker and Jim Scalarup. There is definitely some different coloring to this. The color is very pop and they're very bright by the way i want to point out 
but the um uh this is the first appearance so of night and fog so you should go to cgc and get this completely graded of course okay well yeah so essentially what you have with this issue is you just have a case where you finally have uh, an event that's been building up for a while you have you've watched the arranger just fail and fail and fail again and of course his boss wilson fisk is not one who really rewards constant failure so essentially he hires these two out-of-state assassins this kind of burden ernie uh, pair of villains um with of course the best british accent that comics at that time can buy and they essentially kill the arranger uh and of course you have peter who just kind of wa- walks into it is completely out of his element and he you know he he, he he's unprepared he, he kind of gets his ass handed to him you know i think the real thing is that you have the real great emotional moments in it which are part of one of the reasons that, that jerry conway's run has just been so great is it it's not just his collaboration with sal but you have these little moments like you have Robbie and Peter arguing because Robbie thinks he can't trust Peter because he doctored a photo. And then you have Peter saying, how can I get lectures from somebody who lied and then went to jail for it? It's essentially an ex-con. The con you have basically happened years later with Spider-Man and Dan Slott's run where he went from, uh, like, nobody can die. You can't really make such absolutes. Like, oh, okay, I was too lenient. Now I have to be super lenient on everything. It's just not applicable. What so, did you think of Night Fog? Um, like I said uh, before, they're just kind of like, I, I kind of saw them as like a Burton Ernie uh, pair of villains. You know, they complement each other. They work together. They're just kind of comical. But, I mean, unfortunately, they just don't really strike me as much more than villain of the week. You know, like it's like like we've said before, like you would see them and then you would never see them again. You know, it's like, honestly, I still have no idea. Uh, like, I, I don't I've never heard of them and I really don't think we will hear of them outside of this four part arc. So, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I don't remember if they ever actually show up again in another book. Um, I mean, they clearly have not shown up in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, but they, I don't, I swear to God, I have not watched every single Spider-Man cartoon ever. Um, especially the more recent ones that are not that good. So I don't think they've even shown up in, like, animation. Um, I'm yeah. doing a little bit of a look into their history now. And, uh, yeah, they... Um, they don't have any other appearances beyond this storyline, which is kind of funny when you think about it. Um, it's yeah. it's also funny that Spider-Man is so hell-bent on avenging the Arranger's murder. It just seems a bit ridiculous because, I mean, the Arranger... It's like Spider-Man, Peter, or, Peter or Spider-Man has no ties to the Arranger. Why the hell would he want to save this guy? Uh, I think Fogg has the better look of the two. He definitely has a very ghostly goblin demonic look to him especially when he's strangling spider-man the way sal draws spider-man's yeah, eyes yeah. rolled up into the back of his head too whether his mask is tilting upwards mm-hmm. yeah and i it's funny because when i initially saw fog he reminded me of like a spider-man villain i felt that was pretty cool it kind of reminded me of a uh, uh, will of the willow willow wisp i don't know if you remember will him of the wisps yes kind of like an yeah, he kind of, I, I was like, oh, is this that? And I was like, no. And I was just like, I've never heard of these guys. Like, what? 
Um, but apparently they're good enough for the kingpin to call in a favor so they could kill, you know, this 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 big old fuck up. And my favor is that he literally calls everybody he can trying to make a deal for his life. And everybody's like, nah, like you're done. And then of course, in true Peter fashion, because he didn't believe him, the Rangers dead. It's like, oh, this is my fault. I'm like, my dude, you can't save everybody. Like, if it wasn't going to be this, it was going to be something else. Like, the Ranger was was doomed. Again, you know, uh, not a bad start. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Spider-Man in London. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I um, mean, he's uh, he's been in London before, but this is, uh, it's just funny that he's going across the pond to hunt down these two villains. It, it just, it doesn't seem like it would be all that prudent, but, uh, you know, whatever. Um, they're, again... You, there are UK-based villains. I, I was kind of surprised they would never come up against, like, you know, Jack, um, uh, Union Jack, or, or, you know, Captain Britain or something, or Excalibur, maybe. Um, I don't even know if they're really mutants, either. Um, I think we're getting to their origins a little bit later on. So, there's there's that. I mean, we will probably get into their origin story. Right. Um, I mean, you know, could be good. I mean, you the, know. The conflict between Peter and Robbie seems ridiculous uh like peter i don't know yeah like yeah i'm not gonna lie i kind of felt like this one was a little like i mean it still moved along really well and i will never take away from jerry conway's ability to like really weave multiple stories in a a logical manner but yeah this this felt i don't want to say it was a little forced but it was kind of like all right don't you guys like work together don't you have that trust to them to just kind of be going off on this it's one of those like reminders that no matter how old you get, you can still act like a fucking child. Like, it, it, it's just, you know, and then Robbie's logic too. Like, oh, you know, I was too lenient before and look where it got me. So now I got to crack down. And Peter's like, excuse me, like, am I not human? Like, like I fucked up. Like, it happens. Like, I got to point out that the cover says the arranger must die. And it looks like the arranger is pretty much dead. And you have Knight with his, with his blade arm um, you know, up against the spine, and then of course fog is around the room. So we're not revealing who these two new villains are quite yet on the cover, which is totally fine. Yeah, I mean, it, there, there's something to be said about how those cut, co- like how covers back in the day were very good at 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 hooking you into seeing, um, you know, reading the issue. It wasn't too much about giving it away. It was just enough to be like, okay, what the hell is this? So the name of the pub that Fog and Night go to are called Butts Inn. By the way, have you ever been to London before? I have not, unfortunately. I've heard uh, it's lovely. Yeah, neither have I. And of course, with the pandemic and all, I don't. I know I want to go. A friend of mine's over in um, Scotland right now. I was like, why did you go? And she's just like, I just decided I wanted to get out of America for a little while. And I was just like, okay. She's like, I'm fully vaxxed and boosted, so I'm totally. I feel a lot safer than I if I would before. You know, and I was just mm-hmm. like, okay, sure. Um, but yeah, yeah uh, no, there's no butts in. Um, let's see, looking up on Google real quick, London butts in, boots in. Maybe it's boots in. Maybe I'm misreading it. Maybe it's boots in. Do you think? But that's a beauty <laughs> salon. Nope, that's not it, it, it either. Just kind of curious. Sometimes when you see these uh, places in books, you wonder if they are possibly, um, you know, real or not. Yeah, you never know. The but... ads in this comic book um, are for in the inside front page ad. We have an ad for Abadox, 
which was a Nintendo mm-hmm. game where you're inside the uh, you go inside an alien life form and you're fighting like all of its insides. It's really gross. Wow. I is... beat it. I played it and beat it only because I had a game genie helping me cheat through it because it's very difficult. <laughs> it's one of those games that is like relentlessly difficult. Uh, then we have an ad for Bionic Commando. Again, you can tell how dated the comic book is. We have another ad mm-hmm. for another Capcom game called Viper. Um, you know, the video game industry wow. buying ads in here. So we have an ad in here for The Black Manta, which was also a video game. Um, and uh, one of the prizes is a $5,000 shopping spree. Another video game for Acclaim's Double Dragon 2, The Revenge. Um, yeah. Um, then we have another video game ad for Off-Road on the Nintendo. Then we have an ad for Dick Tracy, the movie from 1990, with Dick Tracy talking mm-hmm. to his wristwatch saying, I'm on my way. Do you remember that Dick Tracy movie? Of course. Excellent film. We have an ad in here. Oh, sorry. We have an ad in here for the Great Eastern Conventions Comic Book Convention Schedule, the biggest show of the year, New York, June 1st to the 3rd, 1990, at the New York Penta Hotel. Um, there's two different addresses they list for it. One of them is on 7th Avenue, 33rd Street in New York. The other one's at mm-hmm. Ringo's, New Jersey. So I don't know which one it is. But we have Stan's Soapbox in here, written by Stan Lee, of course. It says, hi, heroes. I've received a number of disturbing letters lately. Normally, I wouldn't mention them because you know how I hate to upset you. But perhaps by bringing the, this out in the open, we can stop some other misguided Marvelites from going astray. So here's the scoop. It seems that some readers are angry at me because the popular Spider-Man paper strip doesn't run in their hometown papers. I think we've actually read this one before because we talked about the Spider-Man newspaper strip. We have another ad in here for another video game by Activision for Ghostbusters 2, Archon, Stealth, and the Three Stooges video game, all for the Nintendo Entertainment System. A lot of Nintendo ads in here, by the way. Um, and then we have an ad in here for Konami's handheld video games. Uh, bottom of the ninth, uh, The Adventures of Bayou Billy, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, Top Gun, and more. And then on the back, we have an ad for the uh, Forgotten Realms Adventures role-playing game. Did you ever play those? No, I didn't. Were they good? I didn't either. No, uh, um, role-playing game, live-action role-playing game, or tabletop role-playing game I ever really got into was Vampire the Masquerade. There's a uh, letter in here from the Spectacular Spider-Man asking questions, saying, "Is Spider-Man going to play a part in the Avengers of the upcoming Mutant Wars?" I don't know what the Mutant Wars were, but the answer to that is, Spidey is guest starring in current issues of the Avengers. As for Mutant Wars, the Web Singer is a consensuous objector. He's holding out for the non-Mutant Wars. So, yeah, currently, by the way, in current issues of Avengers, Spider-Man is teaming up with the, Avenger of that, the, the Avengers of that time to fight Nebula, who was calling herself the granddaughter of Thanos. Interesting. And this was prior to the Infinity Gauntlet coming out, so Thanos had not returned yet. Do you know what Thanos did to Nebula when he did return? He burned her alive and turned her into a living corpse. Oh, yeah. She would not get her, by the way, by by my bio uh, mechanical upgrades from Thanos. By the way, that would come later on in a Silver Surfer storyline, not connected to Thanos. Ooh, scary stuff, huh, kids? Next issue: Spider heads to jolly old England to avenge the Avengers' death. Meanwhile, over in Amazing Spider-Man number three thirty-four, the return of the Sinister Six begins. Uh, that's a six-part bi-weekly storyline, by the way, which would lead to the death of Nathan Lebinsky. And keep an eye out for this summer's Spirits of the Earth graphic novel, which I have never read. Have you ever read Spirits of Earth? I have never read. I didn't even know. What is that? I don't know what it is either. It's by Charles Vess. And 
Uh, and do we even have to mention it? Spider-Man number one comes out next month, which is the big Todd McFarlane era kickoff, we, which we have discussed. So um, the the answer to that reader's question, again, the Spider-Man's appearing currently in a four-issue storyline involving the Avengers, which is like Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, the White Vision, Quasar, She-Hulk, and uh, Cersei of the Eternals. And so pretty decent Avenger team. And then, after we get done with the Night and Fog storyline, guess who shows up in Spider-Man's book? Who? The Avengers. <laughs> oh, man. It's the Avengers and Silver Sable and her wild pack. Oh, boy. Yep. Avengers. It's the Actually, it's the Avengers versus Silver Sable and her wild pack. And let me tell you, Silver Sable's wild. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. But you have to kind of question. It's like, really? Earth's Mightiest Heroes against Silver Sable? These guys? And I'm not going to tell you who they are. And you have to wait till the issue happens. But the first issue of that story has Spider-Man punching She-Hulk out. And she's like flying at the reader. <laughs> It's is all part of a cool little story. It's actually a very fun storyline, which would uh, uh, have its um, continuation later on at the end of the uh, Eric Larson run on Amazing Spider-Man. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it's a three-issue story arc after the um, the one involving the one we're doing with the Arranger. So yeah, um, yeah we're gonna cover some Avenger stuff, and uh, I don't. We're not gonna cover the uh, the Avengers crossover with Spider-Man. It's not a crossover. He's just guest starring in their book, but it's actually how he becomes a reserve Avenger. So we will uh, we will get there in a few months. Drew, where can everyone find you? Uh, well, I'm on Facebook, uh, same name. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Ghostbuster1984. I do a lot of work with Screen Rant, so just. Look me up if you want to read some interesting nerd articles. And I do a lot of stuff here in the Dorkening, uh, various shows like Splash Pages. I work with Dr. Chris here on one or two things. And just, I'm all around busy, but always down to chat. Maybe. And, uh, we, of course, cover this. We try to make sure that we get these episodes of the Spectacular South of Summer Era podcast out bi-weekly. And we've had mm -hmm. a lot of fun doing it, and we've still got a long ways to go. You can also email me at radiohorror at gmail.com, or check out my other comic book podcast, which is coming back in February, uh, Goth Girl Horror, the Hack Slash Podcast, which we'll be covering the Son of Sam Hain miniseries. Aaron, you can I'm go and purchase excited. my own comic book or book, Vlada, A Dracula Tale, or Vlada, Vlada, A Dracula Tale, or Vlada, Chronicle of the Damned. And we have a new anthology book coming out late this year as well, so look forward to that. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with the next part of the Night and Fog story here on the Spectacular Salpa Summer Air podcast. Keep it real, y'all.